the Sweeter Than Honey podcast. I'm Brendan. I'm here with my brother Josh and sister-in-law Tori, and today we are going to be going through Genesis chapter 8. The last time uh, we discussed how there's a specific character named Noah. We know that his name means rest, and we know that God chose him specifically because he was uniquely righteous among the rest of the corruption in the fallen world. And, uh, Last time, he agreed to partner with God to create a floating Eden, um, which would be preserved amidst the rest of the house collapsing around them uh, in preparation for the building of a new house in the same form as the last one, uh, so that God's plan for his human family would be maintained. Good summary. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Do you have anything to add to that? Not really. I mean, it's not a very complicated story. It has a lot of depths to it, but it's mm-hmm. not like not this, this is the, the deep waters. This this yeah. is this is one of the kids' stories, so it's it's not. It's a very familiar story. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. Exactly. Yes. It's we not. It's not simple. It's just. It's just easy to bring to mind. Yeah. Right. So. Uh, and I mentioned this last time, but I'll I'll do it again this time. I'll start at uh, the end of chapter seven uh, with verse twenty-four. We are reading the NASB, yep. nineteen ninety-five. Yes, as always. Uh, the water prevailed upon the earth one hundred and fifty days. And here's the contrast when we start chapter eight. But God remembered Noah and all the beasts and all the cattle that were with him in the ark, and God caused a wind to pass over the earth, and the water subsided. Also, the fountains of the deep and the floodgates of the sky were closed, and the rain from the sky was restrained. And the water receded steadily from the earth, and at the end of 150 days, the water decreased. In the seventh month, on the seventeenth day of the month, the ark rested upon the mountains of Ararat. The water decreased steadily until the tenth month. In the tenth month, on the first day of the month, the tops of the mountains became visible. Then it came about at the end of forty days that Noah opened the window of the ark which he had made. And he sent out a raven, and it flew here and there until the water was dried up from the earth. Then he sent out a dove from him to see if the water was abated from the face of the land. But the dove found no resting place for the sole of her foot, so she returned to him into the ark, for the water was on the surface of all the earth. Then he put out his hand and took her and brought her into the ark to himself. So he waited yet another seven days, and again he sent out the dove from the ark. The dove came to him toward evening, and behold, in her beak was a freshly picked olive leaf. So Noah knew that the water was abated from the earth. Then he waited yet another seven days and sent out the dove, but she did not return to him again. Now it came about in the 601st year, in the first month on the first of the month, the water was dried up from the earth. Then Noah removed the covering of the ark and looked, and behold, the surface of the ground was dried up. In the second month, on the 27th day of the month, the earth was dry. Then God spoke to Noah, saying, Go out of the ark, you and your wife and your sons and your sons' wives, with you. Bring out with you every living thing of all flesh that is with you, birds and animals and every creeping thing that creeps on the earth, that they may breed abundantly on the earth and be fruitful and multiply on the earth. So Noah went out and his sons and his wife and his sons' wives with him. 
Every beast, every creeping thing, and every bird, everything that moves on the earth, went out by their families from the ark. Noah then built an altar to the Lord and took of every clean animal and of every clean bird and offered burnt offerings on the altar. The Lord smelled the soothing aroma, and the Lord said to himself, I will never again curse the ground on account of man, for the intent of man's heart is evil from his youth, and I will never again destroy every living thing as I have done. While the earth remains, seed time and harvest, and cold and heat, and summer and winter, and day and night shall not cease. Right after that, I have a question. Um, in verse 1, where it says, But God remembered Noah and all the beasts and all the cattle that were with him in the ark. Surely God did not forget Noah. No, I was else. actually going to bring up that word. Okay. Too. So it's the Hebrew word zakar, and it, it can be used as like remember. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, it, it does mean remember. It's not that it doesn't. Yeah, but, right. but based on God's character, he doesn't forget. It's more of that was brought to the forefront of his mind. It's mm-hmm. an emphasis on God is thinking about this. Yes. He's intently okay. paying attention to it. Right. Right. It's not that he forgot. It's that exactly this this is now being focused on. Yeah. Right. Well, I think it's set in contrast to him forgetting the the emphasis. Anytime this is used of God being that that this is not something which would not be present in his mind, especially when when. Re- Referring to the people that he's in covenant with, Mm -hmm. there are many times where it says that God remembered his covenant with so-and-so. Right. And that simply means that God is now going to act in a way which honors said covenant. Okay. And this this particular word only appears in the Torah. Um, Oh. So Moses likes to use it a lot. Mm -hmm. Right. (laughs) Uh, And and it's it's always in relation to his covenant or the people that he's in covenant with. When, when, used, when God's remembering something. Yeah, exactly, when used to refer to God. For people, it literally just means remembered. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, but um, yeah, when, when God is remembering, it's always in relation to his covenant and the people that he's made covenant with. Yeah. Okay. So it, it's, it's supposed to really communicate this idea that it's not going away. It's not fading. Yes. Right. Right? This is a never-present uh, agreement. Exactly. Okay. And, and also... To reemphasize something that I stated earlier with some other words, in, in Hebrew, they don't have a conception of some ethereal cognitive version of something. Everything that they think of is embodied. So remembering is active. It's not simply, oh, hey, this thing is recalled in my mind. It's this is something that I'm going to act on because it's something that's present in my thoughts right now. So so God is, in his remembering, acting as a result of that toward his covenant people. It's not simply like God was like, oh yeah, I have a covenant with these people. It's like, right. because I have a covenant, I'm going to act in accordance with that. Does that make sense? Yep. Cool. Uh, yeah, so he remembered all of them, and he caused a wind to pass over the earth. So this is one of the mirrorings of the creation week. We're mm-hmm. starting the new creation now. The 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 undoing of creation is done. Yeah, yeah. While, while Genesis 7 had mirrors uh, in the negative sense, so mm-hmm. everything that had been established was being yeah, torn yeah. down. Chapter 7 was the Uno reverse card. Yeah, right. <laughs> and this is the reverse to that reverse. Yeah. So in Genesis 1, the Spirit of God is moving over the waters, Right, so, but in here, the Ruach is different. It's more natural. It's still God causing it, mm-hmm. but um, again, some sort of wind, breath, spirit uh, thing, right? 
naturally it's wind mm-hmm. is going over waters again yes on, on but, the earth. but there is a contrast these are not chaos waters they are just waters these are mayim they are not uh tahom mm-hmm. and then in verse two it's the fountains of the deep that's the tahom but mm-hmm. the emphasis is that they're being closed up like yes. the, the tahom is now tamed again exactly yeah the wind is going over the still waters or the calm waters and the chaos waters are being sealed oh cool okay and the aruba of the heavens the windows the openings of the heavens are closed again sorry i giggle when you say aruba because my mind goes to aruba jamaica Ooh, i want to take it (laughs) from you (laughs) (laughs) i'm not familiar but kokomo uh, by um the beach boys um which is not not what we're talking about here yeah no No, the beach doesn't exist yet (laughs) right that's right yeah no these are the the warubot the windows of the vault of heaven yeah yeah the the neutral hebrew word like the the root word is aruba Mm -hmm. okay that's why i said that i i'm I'm not looking at the interlinear uh um conjugations right Mm -hmm. right. i i take the root word so i'm i think that's important to uh distinguish yes yes i'm not saying that aruba is the exact form of the word used no in no, this no. I'm, ju- I'm just saying because we're talking about m- the multiple windows yeah, yeah yeah it's not just a single aruba it is uh a oh they were restrained the rain the rain the, the rain was restrained mm-hmm. withheld shut yep, up yep yep behind the windows of the heaven yeah. the so geshem the, was kala yeah the, the rakia is being sealed up again whereas it broke open for all the waters to pour out in the decreation now it's being restored to its yeah. remember, form which holds back remember waters. in chapter seven we said like the snow globe was like shattered yep so instead of water from when the snow globe coming out it was the opposite but like like that's protective barriers broken and now it's whole again yeah okay yeah, cool. the rocky is restored we uh, super glued it all together again. Well, actually, better than that, we got a new one. Yeah, yeah. Oh, sweet. Yeah. Great. Because this is this is a recreation. So it's not mm-hmm. like it was replaced, but mm-hmm. in, in the regenerative sense, yes. it's essentially it's fixed. a new one. But yes. like because better this, than this one will never break yeah. again. It'll yep. open, exactly. but it won't break. Exactly. Cool. Okay. Right? Does that make sense? Yes. Uh, and the water receded steadily from the earth, and at the end of 150 days, the water decreased. Now, I would assume that's 150 days after the 40 days of rain had already stopped. Mm-hmm. Uh, or rather, this is 150 days. What, what are they? Let's hang on. <laughs> the water receded steadily from the earth, and at the end of 150 days, the water decreased. The seventh month on the 17th day of the month. Uh, hang on. When when did the the flood happen? A long, long time ago. Touche. <laughs> <laughs> um, in the. 600th year knows life in the second month on mm. the seventh day of the month. Okay, so this is five months later. Okay, yeah, I I, I can't math at the moment very quickly. Um, <laughs> it's okay. It's really because their months would have okay. been about thirty days because they followed the moon cycles. Yes. Um. Well, in verse four it says in the seventh month. So that would would that have been in the seventh month the 17th of the seventeenth day been. Like seven months of them no, being that, that, on the that's, ark. That's the seventh month of the year, because it's because it, in contrast to chapter seven, it was the second month that the waters began to prevail on the earth. Okay. And it's in the seventh month. So they were in there for five months, 
up to this point before um the arc stopped moving Mm -hmm. okay right uh well that would that would make sense because it says 150 days so give or take yeah so so this is this is from the start of the the reigns that includes the 40 days that's what i was trying to figure out was if this if this 150 days was after the 40 days or if it was included in yeah yeah this is just the the full encompassing of how long they've been on the arc regardless of the reigns yep so uh the water decreased steadily until the 10th month so it took another three months for the bathtub to to drain yeah Yeah. (laughs) uh we've found the location of ararat uh, at least as close as we can, mm-hmm. and there there were like there was like a fossilized uh, impression of the ark. I think they mm. found. I didn't oh, know that's about that. Cool. I think so. I, I I knew that there were a lot of different expeditions to try to find where the ark could have landed and and if yeah. any of it remained. And I thought they found some petrified wood somewhere. I might be totally wrong about yeah. that, but the. the there are plenty of documentaries that are going to say that they found it or didn't find it. Yeah. Right. So ultimately, this is not for our benefit mm-hmm. um, in terms of finding where this is. Yeah, happened. we just know just that this was a real important. place and people could have gone and seen it. Exactly, exactly. Th- this is more about, okay. The district in East Armenia is Ararat. Hmm. Yeah, this, this is more about, okay, so for the people in Moses' day, they would have at least been familiar with, okay, there, there is a specific region where these mountains are, and we know that our ancestors came down from that place following the flood, yeah. essentially. Um, okay, yeah, we, we have pinpointed a uh, decent prediction of where Ararat is. Cool. This is on Bible Hub, by the way. Um, so, and, and the way that I found this was in Genesis 8, on the NSB, uh, if you open the full window, it has some parallel links. Sometimes articles with pictures attached, stuff like that, mm-hmm. on the website. So this is in in, uh, in Bible Hub. Bible Hub's scriptural reading section. Yeah. Uh, all right. So um, the water decreased steadily until the tenth month. In the tenth month, on the first day of the month, the tops of the mountains became visible. So this is the parallel to uh, the second day where. Land is now coming up from. Is that the second? No, hang on. That's the third day. Third day. Second day is the separation of waters from waters. Yep. So we we just saw that yep. with the with the sealing of the um, waters above yep. behind the Rakia yep. and the sealing of the Tahom. Mm-hmm. And now we see the third day, the dry land is coming, coming up. up from the waters. Yeah, and so you know, relatively speaking, it would have looked like the mountains were emerging from the waters, but in reality, it's that the water the, the water is going down. Yeah. So question. Um, would they have had to steer this no. humongous no. The, ol- the, the whole purpose of the ark's design was mm-hmm. to not sink. Yeah. Literally just float. Yes. Right. We, we talked about this in, in the last episode too, but you remember like when you make an aluminum foil boat in like a science class? Yeah. And, and it, your only mission is to make it, it float? It's like make sure the candle doesn't go under the water yeah, exactly. and burn that, out. That was That's what the exactly ark was doing. It. Yeah. Okay. So the, the expectation is God will sustain and guide us where we need to go mm-hmm. because we have been obedient to him in building this thing and preserving everybody inside. So he'll make sure so, that we stay alive. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Um, so basically it was just God says, okay, here, this is what's going to happen because of the wickedness on the earth. The, the, the seeds have been sown. The harvest is coming. The earth is in trouble. Right. 
I want to preserve my family. Put yourselves in the box. So, so build a box, yep. get in the box. I'll handle the rest, basically. Cool. Um, so he brought the animals that Noah would need, and um, Noah was shut in by God. Um, and so then the idea is eventually when the ark finds its resting place, that is also divine providence. Okay. Oh, question also. Would would they have brought food? Yes. Yeah, well, I mean, yes. we talked that about that last time, too. Aside from animals, yeah, sorry. That, that's yeah. what they, we, okay. they, they weren't allowed to eat animals yet. No. Yeah. No. no. Um, they, people probably did, but that wasn't that wasn't allowed yet. Okay. Yeah. Um, that wasn't kosher. No. Uh, did, they, animals they still aren't kosher. <laughs> right. <laughs> they would they would have brought fruits and grains and stuff like that. They probably okay. had a way to make bread on the ark. Very likely. Um, even I mean, if they even if they didn't even if they didn't too like, difficult. Well, no, no, no. I mean like fire though on the oh oh oh, oh. Yeah. like a bake it yeah yeah um, right. but like either way even if they didn't have bread it didn't really matter they had the food they needed and you yeah. can eat raw grains true yes and so yeah, the, the the depiction of what's happening here because this is an eden place in the box mm-hmm. is going to call back to in uh chapter one when god says hey i've given you all of the uh, fruit bearing everything trees you need and the fruit-bearing yeah. trees are going to be food for you and for the animals. Right. And yeah. so then Mo, uh, Moses. Yep. <laughs> so then Noah is is to gather up all of that food for mm-hmm. himself and his family right. and the animals. Yeah. Chapter and so six, they are verse going 21. to be provided for. Yeah. says, as for you, take for yourself some of all food which is edible. That yeah. means okay, great. plants. Okay, yes. cool. Yes. Right. I right. Take, take, all, take all the edible plants, <laughs> harvest that you can. Yep. He needs to bring seeds too, but like, yes, um, you know the the point is here specifically: take food for yourself. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. This isn't going to be just a couple of days. It's right. not. Exactly. Yeah, you're not going on a road trip. It's literally <laughs> stay alive. You can't stop for yes. snacks along yeah. the way. Stay right. alive. Right. So yeah. So Seven <laughs> Eleven does not exist I close yet. The door. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so this is supposed to be a little garden box in uh, in the midst of the chaos where there is a a providential peace in a sense between noah and the animals and that is not to say that there probably wasn't conflict i mean if you have only eight people and a ton of animals in a box for a year just people are going to get year, a little upset yeah um it's it's probable that they had conflict but the the overarching theological image is mm-hmm. the man and the animals are at peace as was supposed to be the case in the garden right Noah cool. is the new Adam. Cool. In that sense. Neat. And he's brought along with him three other little Adams, or at least those who are supposed to be. <laughs> and and Eve's for each of them. Great. And then it came about at the end of 40 days, I would assume after the 150 days. So this is after they've already rested on Mount Ararat. 40 days later, Noah opened the window of the ark, which he had made, and he sent out a raven, and it flew from flew here and there until the water was dried up from the earth. This is a different word for window. So did the raven not come back? Uh, as no. far as we're told. Yeah, yeah, it's usually depicted that it came back. Okay. But it seems it sounds like the raven was probably more durable than the dove, and so it just kind of went around until it found a place to yeah. hang out. Crows are, are big. Uh, yeah. Cro- well, crows and ravens little, are... A little bit different, but yeah. they're very similar. Yeah. This is a different word for, for window. For window from, yeah, the, the Rakia's um, storehouses in a sense. Um, 
th- this is uh, Halon, um, which is just a window. Um, but yeah, uh, the 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 phrase used for the raven, uh, it, it it went forth, going out and returning. Um, so that doesn't necessarily mean it returned to the boat. It could mean that that more seems to be in line with the typical. Hebrew phrase of your activities being you're coming and going. You're right. going in and you're, you just do. You're coming in and going out. Yeah. Um, NESB just says it flew here and there. Yeah. So it's yeah, more the Raven like, was coming going in around. and going out. Oh, okay. So, cool. Okay. Yeah. It was just exploring. Yeah. Cool. I just, I, I, I read that and it's like the Raven goes out. It, it yeah. sounds like it, it does. didn't come back. Yeah. Yes. And then it's never talked about again. Not that yeah. it's yes. not important or anything or whatever. It's just. So uh, you kind I'm, of overlook the raven. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm not super privy to the cultural or theological significance of sending the raven out first. Um, uh, aside from the fact that it's an unclean bird, yeah. it, it would not have been suitable for sacrifice. Sure. Uh, it would not have been suitable for consumption. Wait a second. So what happened to the other raven? Like, we obviously have ravens. Like, did the other raven find that raven? It's possible, yeah. I don't Probably. know. It was unclean. There were literally only two of them. Did, well, let's see. What, what Wasn't the thing seven of birds in general? And it was, was it was it, only was sevens seven for clean general? animals, and I then sevens so. of birds. I maybe, maybe so. Maybe, maybe. Let's see. You shall take with you every clean animal by sevens, male and female, and the animals that are not clean too, and also the birds of the sky by sevens, male and female. There to you keep go. offspring alive. Okay, so I guess birds had seven. Yeah. Okay, oh. that's what I thought. Clean yeah. So this is just one of the seven ravens, or depending on how many the animals had babies while on the ark. Um, sure. You know, we don't know how many came out of the ark at the end because yeah it's not recorded no um not not necessarily necessary at least not to my knowledge it's not recorded um oh ravens and crows are different yes yes they are similar and so a lot of languages have similar if not the same word yeah you all know that black bird that's deadly or rather it like symbolizes death yeah it eats dead things Therefore, it's associated with that. It looks scary. Yeah, they're also very intelligent, (laughs) which is concerning. Um, Crows look very sleek. (laughs) Ravens look like they just rolled out of bed. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Um, But anyway, yeah, so he sends out the unclean bird first, Mm -hmm. and it just kind of looks around. Then he takes the pure bird, a, a, a clean bird, which is suitable for sacrifice, we'll see later, and represents purity, period. And that's the one that ends up being his go-to for the rest of the for the rest of the sending out. Yeah. <laughs> um. Then he sent out a dove from him to see if the water was abated from the face of the land, but the dove found no resting place for the sole of her feet, so she returned him in the ark. So the water was on the surface of the earth. Then he put out his hand and took her and brought her into the ark to himself. And he waited yet another seven days, and again he set, sent out the dove from the ark. The dove came to him toward evening, and behold, in her beak was a freshly picked olive leaf. So no one knew that the water was abated from the earth. Then he waited yet another seven days and sent out the dove, but she did not return to him again. So uh, this is 54 days later. So maybe they did have like a 12-month cycle at this point. Because everything that I've understood about the ancient calendar up until this point has been that uh, up until close to the Gregorian calendar, it was a tw- 10-month cycle because the, the Hebrew calendar had 10 months generally is what I understood. I think so. Or maybe the Israelite calendar later on did, but it seems here that this is 12 months because it went from the 10th month. 54 days later, it's the first month because it was on the 10th, in the 10th month, 
on the seventh day, on the 17th day of the month, the ark rested. And then on the first day of the first month, they came out of the ark. Hmm. So it's not it's not super important right now. Well, no, but, but the, the 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 rain started coming in the second month of the year, right? Yeah, but but so here then they were. But here, in the seventh month, on the seventeenth day of the month, the ark rested upon the mountains of Ararat. The water decreased slowly until the tenth month. In the tenth month, on the first day of the month. Okay, so here we go. On the tenth month, in in the tenth month, mm-hmm. and then fifty four days later, and a little bit after, it's now the first month. Mm, mm, okay, I see, I see. Right. So that seems to be a 12-month year. Mm. So it's not super significant, but I yeah. but like that just changed my perception of I don't understand the calendar as sure. as well as I thought I did. Yeah. Yeah, I would I would need to dig into calendar stuff more, but yeah, that 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 does make sense. I don't know. I I am not super familiar with calendrical cycles. Um mm in the ancient world as a general rule. Um, so it would be, it would be interesting to dig into and see what scholarship there is on. Yeah. On this, I, but I can't remember what it was, but there, there was like this giant packet of this, this guy that he and his team had basically tried to map out the entire chronology of the Bible, like sometimes oh down to the season of events in the Bible, like in David's time. Hmm. Um, and of course, I don't know how entirely accurate it was, but like you know, his, his team did like a lot of research on, on, the culture and uh, like time perception of ancient peoples to help calculate these things. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, so in verse thirteen, now it came about in the six hundred and first year in the first that, that's Noah's six hundred and first year. Yeah, by the way, um, in the first month on the first of the month, the water was dried up from the earth. So now we're basically. They want a creation again. Yeah. But yeah. however many years later. Yeah. I will say it, it's reasonable to assume that it's Noah's 601st year because the 600th year we were given was his. This one is just general. So yeah, it yeah. makes the most sense to say. Yeah. It's, that, yeah. It's, it's not clearly laid out in the text, but you can deduce. Yeah. We're, we're, <laughs> this is why you don't just read one chapter a day. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Yes. You, you need to read in context. Because um, this is all one story. Yes. So uh, we, we, can safely assume that this is Noah. Yeah. Uh, the water is dried up from the earth. Then Noah removed the covering of the ark and looked, and behold, the surface of the ground was dried up. In the second month, on the 27th day of the month, the earth was dry. So, well, maybe maybe this is like a Genesis 1, Genesis 2 thing where it's telling the same story from two, two different angles. So maybe it is a 10-month cycle. It doesn't really matter. I'm just trying to get a big, 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 a better picture of what's going on here. Where Where would you get that it could be both? Uh, because it says that, well, no, I, I guess, I guess I'm just thinking too, too hard about it. Yeah. Cause, cause th- this all cause it just says he just waited be... another seven days and sent the dub out again. Yeah. Yeah. It was just like him making sure. Okay. One, one more week just to be absolutely sure. Yeah. And then the and first then... day of the first month, the earth is safe, but he waits until the second month anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. On the 27th day of the month, the earth was dry. Then God spoke to Noah saying, go out of the ark, you and your wife and your sons and your son's wives with you. Uh, bring out with you every living thing of all flesh that is with you, birds and animals, and every creeping thing that creeps on the earth, that they may breed abundantly on the earth and be fruitful and multiply on the earth. So now we're going back to the initial blessing that was given to all living creatures. Yes. During the creation week. Yes. You got to still make babies. the The earth isn't done yet. Right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. No. God, God's purpose, regardless of everything that just happened, 
is still for his creation to be populated by his family for the sake of subduing the earth, of, of bringing Eden to the whole of his creation. Which is why Russell Crowe's Noah makes no sense. Yes. Because his whole motivation is don't make babies. Uh, okay. Um, so Noah went out and his sons and his sons or his wife and his sons' wives with him and every beast, uh, every creeping thing and every bird, everything that moves on the earth went out by their families from the ark. So if they had babies, they came out with their parents too. Mm-hmm. Uh, then Noah built an altar to the Lord and took of every clean animal and of every clean bird and offered burnt offerings on the altar. Mm-hmm. So now he's doing what Abel did. Yes. Uh, Except not flocks. These are birds. Because yeah, yeah. God told him, hey, bring the birds in these quantities specifically so you have. Yeah. Sacrifices. Uh, but yeah, the, the contrast of a blood sacrifice mm-hmm. is er, in the similarity. Mm-hmm. Um, but in contrast to a a uh, sacrifice of the earth. Yes. Um, is what I was trying to highlight there. Mm-hmm. Um, the Lord smelled the soothing aroma, and the Lord said to himself, I will never again curse the ground on account of man, for the intent of man's heart is evil from his youth, and I will never again destroy every living thing as I have done. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this idea of the Lord smelling uh, the soothing aroma is going to show up again in the uh, Levitical texts, um, and uh, generally when people sacrifice to him, it's yeah. it's a pleasing aroma. The idea is that uh, what you're doing is in line with with God's will. Yes, yes. It's exactly. not that God needs food. No. Um, which no. which is actually explicitly stated later on. Exactly. But um, it, it's, it's more an expression of acceptance and um, goodwill, I guess. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, absolutely. It's kind of mirroring the same thing with Abel where his sacrifice was accepted. Right, right. right. Yeah, yeah. Well, we talked we talked a, li- a little bit about that and the idea of Cain, God's favor, um, being mm-hmm. the result of you doing what is pleasing to Him because you are you are giving of what you have in response to what He has given you. Yeah, this is just um, the first time that that phrase shows up. Right, right. Um, and while He doesn't undo the curse on the land. From Adam's sin, right? It's not multiplied anymore. Exactly, exactly. God says, "Okay, the land is already cursed, but because I know how man works, I'm not going to continue just dishing that out." This is the, um, I guess, new kind of covenant that I'm making with the new Adam. Mm-hmm. That I've already done it. We've already restarted the program. I'm not going to make it worse for you. <laughs> exactly, yes. Yeah. And that is um, emphasized by the the poem that follows. Yeah. Uh, and so far, um, this is the fourth poem that we've seen, and the second one that has been spoken by God. Mm-hmm. The first one was by Adam, and then uh, God's poem of curse. Mm-hmm. And this is... Uh, and then it was Lamech's uh, song of hey, trying to self-bless. Exactly, yeah. And now here God is actually blessing the land. Yes. So we have a blessing, two curses. Or, Well, I mean, we have a blessing, a curse, a skewed blessing, mm-hmm. and now another legitimate blessing. Yeah. So this is God's first blessing poem that we've seen in, yes. in 
Yes. Uh, while the earth remains, seed time and harvest, and cold and heat, and summer and winter, and day and night shall not cease. It's interesting that all of these are time related. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. The, these these are all callbacks to um, what was established on day four for the lights above to yeah. mark, or the light sources to mark. Yeah. Um, so we we now have okay. Because cold and heat is like kind of paired with summer and winter, right? Yeah, it's not. Yeah. It's not just talking about temperature. Exactly. Yeah. So God is saying, okay. I'm, firstly, I'm not going to curse the ground again. It's already been cursed. We restarted the program. I'm. I'm not going to continue to pile onto that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know why I'm so <laughs> voice cracky today. I realize that humans have not changed. Yeah. Just because Noah was uniquely righteous. <clears throat> The high priest still fell, and that still rests on the shoulders of the current humanity. Right. They still have to. Um, they still have to pick up the pieces. Yeah. So, so because I recognize that, not only am I not going to continue to pile onto the curse, I'm also not going to start the whole program over a third time. Yeah. Um, and we'll we'll see that gets qualified in the next chapter, but but, um. He's, he's not going to go through this process again. Now that we've started everything over, here is what that's going to look like. Seed and harvest are going to continue. Summer and winter are going to continue. Day and night are going to continue. That series of cycles that I've established the earth to function in, mm-hmm. that's going to happen. It's not going to stop, and yeah, I'm not going to make I'm, it stop Exactly. Again. I'm not going to collapse everything out on itself. Right. It's going to work the way it was intended to work, even in spite of the fact that the curse is still present. Yeah, and uh, while we don't really have a picture for that yet, it's going to stay that way until the new creation comes, right? Mm -hmm. So while this current earth remains, all of these will, you know, continue to be. Exactly. Right? You're not going to lose any of these things in this chapter of everything yeah this chapter of this earth right or the chapter of this earth not not the chapter within the chapters of this earth you know what i mean yes yes i confuse myself sometimes okay you confuse the rest of us too (laughs) that's what i was afraid of the long and short of it is this earth is set to work the way it's supposed to in spite of the fact that it's still not what it's supposed to look like this isn't what God had intended. No, but Not in he's the going. But he's going to work with what uh, he has agreed to mm-hmm. work with. He has said, "I'm working with these people," and even though this doesn't look like Eden the way it was intended to, we're still going to work with these people because I have chosen to do so. Exactly. Um, God is going to get things done. Even with the broken people, basically, <laughs> right? Um, so yeah, and and yes, there there is as I said, the, the I'm not going to destroy the earth again is going to be qualified in the next chapter, and that is going to be a means by which we can see what form the restored creation will come about in. Um, but we we aren't getting there until we get to the epistles. Yeah. Which is a long ways away. We got some reading to do. Yes. But Peter is going to set the new creation on analogy to what happens with the flood. Mm-hmm. 
All right. Got a little my right one. We did it. Yes. So setting. Uh, it's, it's a water world. Yes. The the well the the uh, the mile high water coaster. <laughs> oh, this was several miles high. That's right. Um, I tell the, you what. The 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 new created space coming into existence. Yeah, and we have another um, named region, but it doesn't really have much significance. Yeah, yeah. So, somewhere in this art. place called Ararat. Um, I wonder what this we, is. What's we your, see your website. Does it say what it means? Uh, that's a good what, question. Let me look, what look the it up. Word means. Um, it is unclear what Ararat means. Uh, it's the name of a mountain range, which is famous for being the site of the first shipwreck in history. That's a, that's a great way to phrase that. <laughs> um, nobody knows for sure where it might be, but in the days of Hezekiah, people still did, as the assassins of King uh, Sennacherib of Assyria were reported to have fled there. Oh. Um, dun, sorry, dun, say, that, say that again. Uh, it, so it's saying that we don't know precisely where it is, but it, at least until the days of Hezekiah, they did because the assassins of King Sennacherib of Assyria were reported to have fled there hmm. in Second Kings nineteen. Gotcha. Um, it is probably imported from a foreign language and doesn't really mean anything in Hebrew, um, which would make sense if uh there are Assyrian people fleeing there. Sure. Um, it's possible that this was a borrowed word. Um, uh, it, it is possible that it could come from Har, Hill or Mountain, and Yarad to go down, so the Mountain of Descent, um, but that's not, um, that's not certain. It's just a possible theory about what it could mean in Hebrew. Um, so long story short, we don't know. We just know that Ararat is, um in a sense, the new Eden place, and there is a specific mountain in this new place upon which the Eden box settled. And so this is a mirror of the garden being at the top of a mountain um, and life coming from that point down Yeah, I was going to say that the, the humans and the animals are, and the plants are supposed to come out from from that place. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, And um, the reestablished Eden is the setting in a sense uh i guess it doesn't really say where noah built the altar but it's in in proximity to the mountain at least so this idea yeah. of that god and and man uh coming together on a mountaintop yes yes this is a, a theme to look out for um so having, having an, an altar in a high place yeah an altar in a high place especially in proximity to a tree and this this is all <laughs> yeah this this arc is a big eights exactly exactly that's exactly a, it. a big woody thing yes eights is the Hebrew word for for a, tree a, oh for, <laughs> yes. I thought you were tree talking about the, the number eight yeah 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 there are a like, bunch what? of eights Sorry. surrounding the mountain <laughs> it's just <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> what happened to nine <laughs> <laughs> seven eight nine um but anyway um yeah so so yeah the the, the arc is in this particular context, the eights. And all of this is the, the, and the high the place. Huh? And the hedge. Yes, exactly. So the high place, the altar, and the tree are going to be a consistent theme that we see, um, which is supposed to correspond to an Eden place mm -hmm. because it looks like the garden at the mountaintop with the tree of life present there where the hot spot of God's presence is. So anytime you see an altar 
look to see if it's happening at a mountain and if there's a tree present. Usually that's a good thing. Unless there's an Asherah pole involved. I was going to say, <laughs> if the tree is an Asherah pole, that's a problem. And we'll, we'll, we'll see that happen. But that, that is a, an anti-Eden altar mountain tree, is, is the Asherah. Yeah, where people went to go get naked. Yes. We'll get, we'll get into that later. There's a lot. Yeah, Asherah doesn't, it isn't a concept yet as far as we know. Yes. Um, the spirit probably existed, but uh, hmm. the, the name associated with that spirit probably was not uh, here yet. Exactly. Um, but yeah, anyway, so yeah. Altar at the mountaintop near a tree. In this case, the tree is the ark. <laughs> yeah. Um, and as Josh said, also the hedge. It is the the protective surroundings of the garden. Yeah. Although the idea is that the the humans don't need that protective hedge anymore. Um, which, like, the garden was always going to be a safe space as long as, you know, there wasn't sin and corruption in the world. Mm-hmm. But... Uh, they were supposed to move beyond its its borders. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Uh, but here, that was just supposed to be like the capital? I mean, in a sense. In a sense, yeah. We, we talked about its, its relation to Zion. Yeah, I was going to say, right? that's the image we get of the new creation, the the new Zion. Which did have where, walls around it. Yeah, you you will have a walled city at the peak of a mountain. Um, it's it Revelation describes this image of basically the new, the new Jerusalem, um, which is a walled city. It's basically um, a box with walls that are impenetrable. You can't yeah. climb over them. They're too high. They're, exactly. too, they're too thick to break through. But this Jerusalem is not going to be established with the purpose of keeping sin out because that's cast into a completely different space. Right. Um, this is a city where the comings and goings are to be in the hotspot of God's presence, but the whole world is going to be uh, Eden at that point. Yeah. In, in the old creation... Uh, and I'm I'm, t- I'm speaking relative to the flood right now, not Revelation. Mm. In in the old world, the garden was supposed to be an accessible place, but a place that you weren't supposed to just stay in. Exactly. Right. Whereas here, the ark was a safe space, and now you're supposed to move away from it. Exactly. You yes. don't need that anymore, so stop trying to heighten it. Exactly. Yes. Mm. Yeah. With Eden, it was you can always come back because you're going to need to eat of the tree of life. Mm-hmm. Now the ark is but, supposed to be dismantled and well, not dismantled well, per se, but it's, it's it not, could be. We don't know. Yeah, like that's going to say. Like that's what I mean per se. It's it, just it's, it's, it's not its said purpose. to. Yeah, yeah, God doesn't say get rid of it. But no, I mean they're not supposed like, to stay that's on it. Tools you can use. Well, they could. If yeah. if, if that's yeah. how it worked back then, yeah. I don't know. I mean, he probably <laughs> I wasn't he there. probably <laughs> used wood from the ark to make the altar, since there probably wasn't a lot that he could have used. Yeah, on the land and that because we don't know. Yeah, but um, either way, the point is that this. This image of Eden was temporary. Exactly. Yes. It, yes. it was not. It was not meant to be a resting place permanently. Exactly. Yes. Uh, which I mentioned briefly in a couple episodes ago mm-hmm. is potentially why they started building towers to escape a, a feared flood, rather than go back to the ark. Right. Uh, is because the ark was inaccessible. Yeah. Potentially. That's all. Yeah. That's all speculation. That, that is speculation. Because the idea of building the towers to get away from a flood is supported by the cultural and uh, theological themes that are happening. Mm-hmm. But uh, is this maybe, the maybe I'm just instance of thinking too much altar again. that we see, or did I thought that they mentioned altar in chapter four. That's what I was trying not. to recall. Here, hold let's, on. Let's, let's go back to Genesis. Look up altar. An altar. This word, uh, uh, mizbeach. The first appearance is here in 
Yeah, it, says it just says that in the course of time, Cain brought an offering to the yeah. Lord of the fruit of the ground. Okay, so this is the first instance we see of a zabach, a structure built to give an offering. Well, yeah, well, yeah, it's, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's a it's a space for an offering to be given. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I guess structured isn't isn't uh, it's not that exclusive. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, structure isn't a bad word. I just, yeah, want to make it a little bit more general. Yeah. Because the, the emphasis is, this is where the offering is given. Yeah, it's not a formula. Yeah, exactly. Like, it doesn't have to have this, that, and the other thing to qualify as an altar. Right, right. Yeah, we're going to see altars show up in many forms. But... <clears throat> so. Um, that was a setting. That was yes. a very long conversation for the setting. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it turns out the setting was more complex than we realized. Uh, all right. Uh, what was the next thing? Characters. Characters. Yes. Uh, you got Noah, the Raven, and the Dove. That's, yes, that's about it. I mean, God. The, yeah, yeah. But as I said, the Ark is kind of a character, but not really. Um, True. And so much of like it. it exists. The ship in Jonah has more character than the Ark does. <laughs> well, and so far Noah is still doing everything that he's supposed to because God said, "Now leave the Ark," and then Noah took everything off the Ark. Yes, and and yeah, he's made an offering in accordance with what God said the purpose for the birds was. Mm-hmm. So Noah Noah has been nothing but obedient up to this point. Good job, Noah. Everything the Lord has said, Old he has star done for you. And this is demonstrative of the description of Noah as somebody who walked with God. Um, themes, providence. We did discuss that. Um, we discussed peace a little bit, didn't we? Uh, I don't know if we... Oh, well, we, we mentioned yeah, that, the, I, that, the, that the dove characterizes peace. Well, I, I was saying that the idea of the humans and animals in the oh. garden box are at peace with each other. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, really, it, the main thematic through line is Edenic imagery and, and recreation imagery. Yeah, yeah. So this is the reestablishing of the Eden mission in a sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think, I think peace is part of that. Um, and at least, at least peace between humans and animals. I'm going to say remaking um, Eden can really cover a very large. Yes. Chunk. Yes. Um, anything else for themes that you can think of or is that general depiction? encompassing enough do you think can i ask a question yeah so i've heard it said that the olive branch symbolizes peace is that an accurate i don't know i think that that's more in relation to the dove than anything else the olive branch more symbolized life and the the return to create like the return to a livable creation yeah yeah at least in this context the i think the association with peace and the olive branch comes from later um Practices, the yeah, exactly. Yeah. Where, where you you were to offer that as a sign of goodwill. Like I'm not um, trying to cause you any harm. Yeah, exactly. Uh, that I'm probably not, comes comes back to this story. That's right. what I'm wondering. I'm actually gonna. I just yeah, I've just heard it said like you have to extend your olive, olive branch. branch. Yeah. Um, let's see here. That's kind of a, a euphemism for meet them halfway. Yeah. <laughs> someone use, I guess like, you're use, right. Yeah, yeah, it's used when someone wants to end a confrontation or an argument. Um, stretching back to ancient Greece and ancient Egypt, um, symbol of peace similar to the dove. If someone extends an olive branch, they are looking for peace. Um, this one is easily translated and used in other languages. Um, I wonder if that's what messengers here. carried when they were doing 
peaceful negotiations. Uh, oh, I bet you it probably yeah. was. Um, historically regarded as a symbol of peace or victory, stretching back to ancient Greece and Egypt. Um, they were used by supplicants to show their status when visiting temples or approaching people of a higher rank. There are instances in which the olive branch appears in Greek mythology, such as a competition between Athena and Poseidon when they fought over the possession of Athens. Athena took possession after planting the first olive tree beside a well. Olive wreaths were also worn to award for Olympic victors, which I didn't know that. Is that the... The laurel wreath. Um, The funky-looking headpiece thing. Yeah, um... Olive branch also shows up in early Christian tradition, often depicted in the mouths of doves. Sorry, when I said um, funky looking, it made me think of, he's funny looking, that's what he is. Oh, well, he's your baby. <laughs> Turk from Tarzan, in yes. case those of you out there aren't sure what I'm, I'm referencing. <laughs> yes. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm guessing that the the association between doves and olive branches as symbols of peace comes from the fact that they are seen together in this story yep. um and then a- as olive branches became symbols of status the idea of i'm not going to use my status to hurt you yeah 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 um <laughs> or worse <laughs> yeah exactly um so anyway uh yeah thank you mm-hmm. all righty english is quite strange yes it is <laughs> just need right. some clarifications um significant words i think ms bayak is a significant word in this case was that the one for alter, alter? yes okay Hey, I'm remembering. <laughs> I'm retaining information. <laughs> I don't think there's really much significance between the two words for window. It's, no. It's just an opening. Yeah, yeah. There's there's not a whole lot that's, there's not a lot of baggage attached to those. No, no. But yeah, I think beyond Ms. Bayach, um, most of the significant words here are paralleled in the creation narrative. Mm-hmm. Intentionally so. Yeah. So I don't yeah, think it's that... just retreading words. Yeah. Do we have anything else that we need to touch on? We got settings, character, themes, significant words, questions answered. Yeah, no, I'm I'm good. All right, cool. All right. Well in that case, thank you everybody for joining us as always. Um our email is in the show notes. So if you have any questions or any pushback that you want to offer you have that outlet um so until then join us next time as we read the bible with fresh eyes to understand god for who he is on his terms grace and peace